Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressor's memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. First remembrance this week is for the Mattel Corporation for doing such a terrible job in its production of the theoretically inclusive but actually insulting Wilma Mankiller Barbie. As you all know from your Saturday school classes, Wilma Mankiller was the first female chief of the Cherokee Nation and is part of the Inspiring Women series from Barbie that includes anthropologist Dr. Jane Goodall, journalist Ida B. Wells, and author Maya Angelou. Although we, of course, applaud Mattel for seeking to uplift girls with these aspirational icons of female achievement beyond fashion and sexuality, what they have done to Chief Mankiller is unforgivable. Yes, she had black hair. Yes, her skin tone was dark. And yes, she once wore a blue dress with four horizontal colored stripes. But have you seen the basket she's carrying? That's no Cherokee basket at all. Instead of the rich, ornate tribal design so common to Cherokee wicker wear, this plain tan basket looks like some leftover from a suburban soccer mom's Longaburger party. Moreover, Chief Mankiller was most definitely a plus-size woman, not the wispy Barbie insult presented on her behalf, but that's not even the most atrocious part. You won't believe this. Because Mattel failed to consult with the Cherokee when fashioning their marketing materials, the box containing Chief Mankiller's insult Barbie does not state the name of her tribe correctly. Rather than Cherokee Nation, the box says Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma, a non-entity. But this is still not the main error. Because Mattel actually used the wrong syllabary, the set of symbols used in the Cherokee language, the package doesn't even say Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma. It actually says, prepare yourselves, Chicken Nation of Oklahoma. That's right. In a triumphal insult to indigenous peoples everywhere, Mattel managed to mangle the name of the tribe of the woman it claims can inspire other girls to be anything they set their minds on, insulting her identity in a way that only other Cherokee will even notice. Such a disappointment for the company led by white men. Do better next time, Kimosabi. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second, The Washington Post which just yesterday failed its workforce so colossally that they struck for one day and performed no journalistic work whatsoever. In response to the anticipated elimination of 240 positions from its 3,300-person workforce, 750 staffers walked off the job yesterday and refused to create content for one of the last remaining full-service newspapers in the country. Of the 240, the Post had only managed to get 120 employees to take buyouts, and it is dealing with a $100 million loss this year, mostly due to declining advertising sales, stagnant subscriptions, and low morale. One of the key demands by the employees is that the Post raise wages in order to combat the cumulative effects of inflation and make people feel better about coming to work for a failing corporation. And it is here where we side with the journalists, of course, our otherin'-in-arms. Like so many unions before them, the News Guild lives by a simple truth. When the company that employs you is hemorrhaging money, the only right solution is to demand they raise wages for everyone— by using what we like to call fairy sprinkle dust money from the sky. The Guild really has this one right. Surely a company in a dying industry like Newsprint can simply wave a magical money wand and just give people more dollars for the same work they weren't even willing to do yesterday. Right on, Washington Post staffers. Your understanding of basic economics shows you've really got the winning formula in the grasp of your ink-stained hands. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Finally, our most lavish praise this week is reserved for the great People's Republic of California. 
where it will soon be illegal to sell children's toys without providing a gender-neutral section so that cisgendered kids won't be programmed with narrow traditional gender roles, and so that non-binary children will have a safe space to look for toys without having their identities microaggressed upon. Yes, as we have long complained, the gender apartheid practiced in toy stores is one of the most deeply offensive practices created by the patriarchy. For so long, they have coerced young boys into certain identities and industries, such as with their Nerf guns and G.I. Joes preparing them for a male-dominated military, their erector sets and connects reinforcing the idea that men are the builders and engineers, and their Hot Wheels and RC cars teaching them that men do the driving and women are trophies who are only capable of passengering. Meanwhile, little girls must go to their section of the store where they are prepared for lives built around man-baiting with starter makeup kits and glitter, domestic servitude with tea sets and easy-bake ovens, and maternity motherhood rolls with American Barbie, American Girl and Barbie. Once you see the gender propaganda continuously assaulting our children, you see the wisdom of the California legislature. And yet, this new law still fall, falls far short of our ideals. For one thing, the law allows stores to retain the traditionally oppressive boys and girls aisles and only requires that some unspecified portion of the store be used to promote our special proprietary bl uh, blend of gender anarchy. Only by outlawing gendered toy sections altogether can this problem really begin to be solved. Another inadequacy is that the law still allows toy makers to package and advertise their toys with clear gender bias in mind. So even in the supposedly gender-neutral section, gendered color coding and male or female packaging images will still not so subtly impose cisgenderedness upon unsuspecting and psychologically defenseless children. Moreover, the law only applies to businesses with over 500 employees, so basically Target, Walmart, and the like. But why do we only fight sexism in the big stores? Is gender justice not due to the child who enters a smaller store as well? Are gender non-conforming children only going to big box retailers? Surely not. Another flaw here is that this legislation really comes too late. It turns out that many toy retailers have already begun moving in the genderless direction on their own initiative and in response to market demands. But this is the worst part. Can you imagine a significant evolution toward gender equity being led by the free market responding to changing customer signals rather than by a top-down government mandate? The horror! And this is why we now call for Congress to immediately enact comprehensive toy reform. Let us assign all toys a gender bias risk factor and impose a sliding tax scale that punishes patrons for buying highly gendered playthings, thus incentivizing toy retailers everywhere to thoroughly degender their wares. No more pinks and light blues for Barbie, no more phallocentric tinker toys and Lincoln logs, and no more boys-only pictures on the outside of Nerf rival boxes. But dear otheran, let me draw your attention to the worst gender offender in the toy universe, Legos. We hereby call upon the Lego Corporation to undergo a complete transformation. We demand they develop bricks with female-friendly curves to replace the hyper-masculine straight lines and edges. We call upon them to use materials that are more soft and pliable like a woman's body rather than the manly hard plastic it uses right now. Finally, and most importantly, we demand Lego entirely redesign their iconic brick interconnectivity mechanism because it is so virulently homophobic. What could possibly be more heteronormative than an entire toy system based on the basic mechanism of inserting tiny studs into appropriately sized orifices? The very structure of Legos screams hostility towards lesbians and gays. 
No, dear Othran, Lego must reform. They must develop a building system in which stud-unstud adhesion and receptacle-to-receptacle attachment is just as strong as the current nub-and-tube design. Or shall our LGBTQIAS plus children continue to be told that their way of loving is less sturdy than that of their straight peers? Yes, if we really are to teach boys how to be girls and girls how to be boys, we must start with the structure of their playthings. So, down with the gender binary, up with unisex toys, woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.